Okay, good morning. Today's stuff is stuff. Yud Dalad. Today's shoe is for a full shame of Pinchas Kalman Ben Rivka. May have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so we got up to the Gemara at the bottom of Yud Gimel Amud Beis, 12b, a uh, 13b. Um, we're continuing with analyzing claims. Remember in the last Mishnah where, um, well, the last few Mishnahs and the Gemara has been discussing where a man makes a claim that his wife's not a Basula and she says, you're right. And then she gives an excuse why she's not a basula, that she, oh, she's admitting to the claim that she's not a basula, and she's just claiming, um, but she's saying she still deserves all or some of her ksuba. So we continue, and then we went on to discuss, um, so that's regarding trusting the woman. So we then went the next step and said, what about a single girl who we see either going to seclusion or a single girl who is pregnant and we ask her who's the who are you with or who's the father and this is again in order to establish if she was with someone who was also to her she becomes forbidden to kohanim or for example if she if it was with the mamzer then the child also becomes is a mamzer so that's what we're trying to establish and uh and and the question is right at the bottom of yud gimel amud base um, and therefore the question is um, believing a woman, we had in general Rabbi Gamil says we believe the woman and Rabbi Yeshua says we do not believe the woman so now the Gemara is going to go into a new case along these lines, so last line of your yeah, last line says, there was a man and a woman who had done a rusin so they were basically married the first stage of marriage and they came before Rabbi Yosef now, important to remember there's, if not the Arisa, there's at least Xerit Rabbonin that the Husband and wife are not supposed to be intimate when they've just done a rusin. They have to wait for nisuyin. But now she's now he omra mino. She says I'm pregnant from uh, oros. Who omra in minai? And he confirms and he says yes, she's pregnant from me. So again, we have this couple come before us. They're not supposed to be having beer because they've only done a rusin. Who do we believe her and him that the child? Is from, um, do you believe the child? No, that the child is from her orus, from the person she was married to, or maybe it's from a stranger, someone she doesn't know. Now there are two ramifications of this question, if we whether or not we believe her. The first ramification, the, the one ramification, at least according to this is at least according to Rashi, says the one ramification is is the ubar possible, right? Because it's a sophic mamzer. If she had beer with anyone else, if this child is from anyone else, remember the child's a mamzer because a rusin is marriage. And the second ramification is, does she become forbidden to her husband? So that's the question we now have. So Omar Rav Yosef, so Rav Yosef says, what's the concern? Chada, firstly, the he, he admits, he admits that it's from him, that he's been intimate with her and therefore the child's from him. V'od, Rav Yehuda said in the name of Shmuel, this is from the previous discussion, that the is like Rabban Gamliel. What does Rabban Gamliel say? That we believe the woman. She's believed. Um, she has a cheskes kashrus. She has a, um, yeah, she has a cheskes kashrus. So we should believe her. So for those two reasons, Rav Yosef says this case is pretty clear cut. She's believed the child. She's if her husband dies, she can marry a kohen. She's not also to her husband, and the fetus is also a valid child. It's not kosher. It's, it's, it's valid. It's not, a, it's not assumed to be a mamzer. Um, one interesting question that Tostos asked is, and this he brings rise from other Gomorrahs that we do seem to have this concern, is that once we assume she's promiscuous, i.e. she has beer when she's not supposed to, or with men she's not supposed to, she's not supposed to be intimate with her with this, with her husband after just after having done everything, we should suspect her of being intimate with anyone else. So even if he says yes, I'm intimate with her, that's no proof that the child is from him. We assume she seems to be a bit loose, a bit promiscuous, and therefore it could be that the child is from anyone else. So Tosis has a long discussion along those lines, and therefore very interestingly he says maybe built into this. I mean, this is the last line of his discussion, but he says built in. To this admission is he's admitting that they've been together many times. And once they've been together many times, very similar um, 
we assume that the child is from the man she's frequently with as opposed to a man she's with oneself, and therefore the child would be valid. I don't know how that helps us with her status, but at least helps us with the child. Okay. Omar carries us now. So, so that's what Rabbi Yosef says. So Omar Abayah said to Rabbi Yosef, Are you telling me that even if Rabbi Gamil did not, even if he did not admit that she was intimate, that he had been intimate with her, Rabbi Gamil would say she's kosher. Says Shmuel said to Rabbi Yehuda, Shinana, sharp one. That was his nickname for his Talmud Yehuda. You're very sharp and your, your analysis is great. So he's called him Shinana. It's Hilchasek Rabban Gamil. Va'at loy tavid uvda. Ad di'ika rov tsharin etzlo. Va'acharov psulin etzlo. He says, the halacha is like Rabban Gamil, but you shouldn't paskin based on that unless most men are kosher to her. Whereas in our case, most men are possible to her. I, he's saying, on the surface he's saying, you're right, Aloches, we believe the woman, but you should only pask in such a case where the woman, where most, where it's a single girl, and most people around, let's say most people in the town are Jewish. So it wouldn't be, that's where Rov Cherimetz law. However, in our case, who's permitted to this woman? Only one person in the whole world. No, no one except her husband is permitted to her. She's, they've done a Rusin. Um, and therefore, we should not believe her in this case based on that, the halach is like Rabban Gamil. So he says, Rabbi Yosef says, but firstly, litameich tikshilohi gufa. He says, wait, but that whole statement you have to analyze and see how it makes sense. He says, halacha va'at lo tavid uvda. What did, what did um, Rav Shmuel say to Rabbi Yehuda? That is the halacha, but don't practice based on it. What does that mean? What does that state? When I tell you what the halacha is, that's telling you how to paskin, how to act. And he says, that's the halacha, but don't. So therefore, Rav Yosef says, how do you understand that la'an? Um, it's the halacha, but don't practice like this. It says, It depends whether we're discussing a l'chatchila case or a b'rihevid case. If he goes, this man, a kohen, goes and asks, can he marry this woman who's pregnant, who's had beer? Basin will tell him, no, don't. But if they get married, then we would say, no, it's fine. Let them be married. And our case is like a Bidiyavid case. Rashi explains um, why is our case like an, a Bidiyavid case. So again, when do we, we did say a qualification. You should really only paskin like Rabban Gamliel when most people this woman could have been with would be kosher to her. However, Bidiyavid, after the fact, when she's already, when you already have the problem, then you can go like Rabban Gamliel in all cases, even if most people are not valid to her. And our case is Bidiyavid. Why Rashi explains? Firstly, because she's already pregnant, and you're asking the question about the fetus. So it's already happened. It's not like she's saying, can I be intimate with another man? She's already been. She's already pregnant, so it's Bidiyavid. And, and, uh, and also we're going to come and say, she, if we're going to not believe her, we're going to say she has to divorce her husband because we're saying that she's committed adultery. And therefore, because it's, a, so it's already Bidiyavid, it's already um, acted upon, and therefore we follow Rabban Gamil. Okay, so that ends Rav Yosef's answer to that question. New question. Romile Abaya Lerabba. Abaya raised a contradiction. This is going back to our Mishnah. Remember, Rabbi Yeshua said in all these cases, I, where the woman went into seclusion or she, went, or she was pregnant and she tells us that the, the man she was with is kosher, Rabbi Yeshua Paskin, we don't believe her. I, what's implied by saying we don't believe her is that she's lost. We don't say, place her on her chazoka. I, that she has a cheskas. Remember we say that most women have a chazoka of being kosher. I, first, I guess it's upright people, but also that. Um, they are kosher to marry Kohanim. So out of a doubt, do we uproot that? So Rabbi Yeshua says she's lost her, by the fact that she's acted suspiciously, by the fact that she's a single girl and pregnant, she's lost her chazaka. So that's what we're going to challenge. Say we don't believe her. I do we, does Rabbi Yeshua really say we don't go after her chazaka? I'm going to bring you a case where we see Rabbi Yeshua says you do 
rely on her chazaka. Says very minu. Hey, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda ben Masayra, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yehuda ben Masayra testified regarding al almanus isa shehi chayre lekohena. That this almanus isa, what does that mean? A woman will. I'll explain that soon. Is kosher to a kohen. Almanus isha Rashi. There's three opinions on the page, but let's just. Start with Rashi's opinion. Maybe at the end of the sukkah we'll mention another opinion. But Rashi says, what's Almanus Isha? That is a woman... Yeah, well, everyone agrees that an Almanus Isha is a woman marrying a Sophic Psul. I, in our scenario, a Sophic Chalal. How do you end up with a child who's a Sophic Chalal? Remember, Chalal is a child born from a Kohen and his wife who he should not be married to. For example, a Grusha. So how do you end up with a child that is a Sophic Halal? You know his mother and you know she should not be married to the Kohen and therefore he's a Halal. But the Almonis Issa, this Sophic Almona, is a woman who was married to a Sophic. And now the question is, can she marry a Kohen? So what did, what did Rabbi Yeshua say? We allow her to marry Kohanim. I, we see we go, her Chazoka, she's allowed to marry a Kohen. Or she then married a Sophic Halal. Again, if she did marry a Halal, she would be possible to Kohanim. But since he's a Sophic, we go, we allow her to marry a Kohen. Sounds very much like Rabbi Yeshua is saying, you do rely on her Chazoka. Her Chazoka, that she is kosher to Kohanim, overrides the Sophic Halal. This doubt of this man, was he a Halal or not? So we see, again, that that's the contradiction. I'll come back to explain more of the details, but that's the contradiction. In the first case, we said that we seem to say in our Mishnah that Rabbi Yoshua does not rely on her chazaka. He says we do not believe her, even though we're not sure. And here we're saying we rely on her chazaka to override the, the Sofei Halal she was with. So, again, what's the case of a Sofei Halal? So Rashi says a very interesting case. You had a woman. Now, this is just to bear in mind because we're going to make it a, st- a distinction of a Sofei Halal. This is where you know the case. You know what gave him this status as a Sofei Halal. Um, what happened? Um, uh, a man threw his wife a get and it landed between them. You're not sure whether it was closer to her and it's a valid there. Get, I'd landed in her four amos, or it landed in, her, in his four amos, and it's not a valid get. And then he died. So either way, this woman's free to marry. Her husband either gave her a divorce, or he died. But now she goes and marries a Kohen. Now, if the divorce was valid, then she's a Grusha to a Kohen, and the child's a Chalal. If the Grusha was not valid, well, her husband died, she's a widow, she's allowed to marry a Kohen. So that's so. What do we have here? You have this woman married to a kohen, and it's a doubt whether she's a grusha or an almana, and therefore the child of that union is a sofek halal. It's a doubt whether he's a halal or not. And the case so here, this woman married the sofek halal. She's a doubt. Sorry, she's a doubt whether she can marry a kohen or not. But we say her chazaka overpowers her. That seems to be Rabbi Yeshua's way of learning. So the Gemara answers, so, so he responds. So, so, so that's what Abayah was asking Rabbi. He says, we seem to have a contradiction in Rabbi Yoshua. Does he follow her chazok or not? So how can we compare the cases? Is Hosom, Isha, Niseis, Bodekes, Niseis, Hache, Isha, Mazane, Bodekes, Mazane. He says, no. When a woman's getting married, she's much more careful with who she marries. She's going to do some investigation. I so by the fact that she married this Sofek Halal, she must have concluded that he's not really a Sofek Halal. She clarified what happened, and it turns out that no, the get did land closer to the husband, and therefore, again, this is of her husband's uh, mother's first husband. Um, she it did land closer to the husband, and therefore it wasn't a valid get, and when he died, it was an Amona, so that must be what happened. Whereas when a woman's going to be promiscuous, she's definitely not as careful. She's clearly not particular who she sleeps with, otherwise she wouldn't be promiscuous. So how can we rely on her? So that's how Rabbah wanted to answer. Rabbah is going to show that that answer doesn't work. He says, Oh my Rabbah, So you bothered about this contradiction in Rabbi Yoshua, but you're not bothered about the contradiction in Rabbi Gamil. We're going to now bring the rest of the Mishnah that brings Rabbi Gamil and show why even Rabbi Gamil's complaint. But what Rabbah's pointing out is, wait, you, why are you only fa- focusing on one point in the Brisa? Okay, Rabbi Yoshua was the one in our scenarios who says, Asur, 
we don't rely on Chazaka. And in that case of this, um, in the case of the Almanus Issa, Rabbi Yeshua said, we do rely on Chazaka, we permit her. Ramon Gamliel, we're going to see in our Mishnahs, has always been the one who says, we believe her, we permit her. And he's going to say, we forbid her. We don't believe her. So what Rob is saying is, why are you you're missing half the picture by only addressing the one contradiction? What's the full picture? He says, look at the rest of the contradiction. We said in the late, later close of that price, Omar Lohem Rabban Gamliel. So again, remember the start of the price is Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yudabimbasera came before Bazin and said, we testify that an Almanus Issa, this woman who was who's a widow from a Safi Halal, can marry a Kohen. So Rabban Gamliel responded to them, says, We accept your testimony. Ah, what you're saying is probably true. says, I have a tree. You can't do that because I have a tradition. You never establish a Beisdin to permit a doubt to marry Kohanim because Kohanim anyway only listen to being told to distance to keep their lineage uh, more pure, they never listen to a heter to be told a doubt is permitted. So what's Rabbi Gamliel coming out? He says, yeah, what you're saying is all true, but from this Zaira of Rabbi Yochum and, and uh, Ben Zakai, we don't believe such a scenario. And therefore she's possible. This woman would not, you would never pasken that this woman is allowed to marry a Kohen. So now we have to see, so how do we address this double contradiction? The one contradiction is Rabbi Yochum in our Mishnah says she's not allowed to this woman out of Sofek is not allowed to marry Kohuna. But in this case of the Amonis Isha, he says she is allowed to. Rabbi Gamliel comes out in our Mishnahs and says this woman is believed and therefore that she had beer with someone who is kosher to her and therefore she can marry a, a Kohen. Whereas in this case, Rabbi Gamliel comes out and says, no, we don't believe a, a woman to allow her to marry a Sofek, a, a woman who's in doubt as to whether she's valid to marry a coin or not, we don't listen, we don't pass and that she's allowed to marry the Kohanim. So, Ella Omar Rava, Rava answers to Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel Kashia, says Rabban Gamliel, on Rabban Gamliel is not a question, Hosom Bori Hachashema, there it's a definite claim, here it's a doubtful claim. Now what is, what's this definite claim? Remember over there, she says, I know who I had beer with. You guys are in doubt, but I know who I had beer with. So she's Bori. Whereas here, what's the woman claiming? I think my husband was a kosher, was a kosher kohen, whereas he's actually a sofek. He's a sofek to everyone, even her. She admits who she had beer with. The question is not, was she with him or not? The question, she was with him. The question is, his status, his intrinsic status is a sofek. So she can only say, perhaps he's a valid kohen. So therefore, that's why Rabbi Gamil says, in the case where she can claim with certainty, we believe her. But here where she's only claiming Shema, she says perhaps he's a kosher kohen. But on the other hand, there is the perhaps that he's a halal. We don't believe her. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, Nami loy kasha. Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yeshua is also not a kasha. Hosom chad sofek, hachatrei Here there's only one sofek and here there are two sofeks. What's the one sofek? So this is, this is where it gets a little bit tricky according to Rashi's chat. But the Sofek over there um, was who was in, in our Mishnahs that we've been discussing, who did she have beer with? Did she have beer with a kosher or did she have beer with a apostle? Someone who was kosher to her or someone who was apostle to her? That's the Sofek. And it's only one Sofek. Whereas here, it's a double Sofek. What's the double Sofek? The one Sofek is on the mother, the widow, the original, well, well the woman we're discussing, this widow of the Kohen, who's a Sofek Halal, and the other, I, uh, that's, that's the easy one, the one we've been noticing the whole time, but actually, there's, a, there's an additional Sofek, in that, she's married, the original woman, was she actually divorced, or was she widowed? So that's the one sofek. And again, it does, what's difficult is it does stem from it. Because depending on whether you paskin, so she, the, it's the, it's the mother of the Kohen. Let's call her Rochel. So Rochel, her husband, her first husband threw this get at her, and we're in doubt where it landed. And then she married a Kohen. So now she's a sofek, Rusha marrying a Kohen. So the child's a sofek. So this Rochel, 
The sofek is, was she divorced or not? And now there's an additional sofek, is this child a halal or not? Or is this, no, sorry, is this woman married to a halal or was she married to a kosher kohen? So that's how Rashi is explaining it. What's a bit difficult about that is, as you can see, why is that more reason to go lenient? It's all really the same doubt. Was, the, was Rachel divorced or was she widowed? When the husband threw the get at her, did it land in her forearmus or did it land in his forearmus? Once it lands, divorced. Well, if it, it lands, lands in within her forearmus, the case there that the Gemara is discussing is like where they're standing eight amos apart yeah. and he throws it and it lands kind of in the middle. No, we say that it lands in her jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, so, so, so why is this two sophics more reason to go lenient? It's really all stemming from the same sophic. And not only that, the Gemara later on calls it a sphake sphaker. Now a sphake sphaker, we've actually touched on before, that's where even if you Paskin the one sophic, you still have another sophic. If we paskin the one sophic here, we don't end up with a sophic. If we paskin that Rochel was actually divorced or that Rochel was actually kosher, a, a widowed, then we've answered all our questions. So even if you go, um, whereas the classical sphake uh, sphaker would be. If you paskin that, even if you paskin that she's divorced, you could still end up with the possibility that it's kosher. Either there's a separate sophic. So that's why Rashi is difficult. But let's go with Rashi. And maybe the explanation, I'm not, I, didn't get a, I don't have a clear explanation on why this is a good reason to go lenient, but maybe it's just that it's, it's a secondary doubt created from the first doubt, but it's like already it's a generation away, and she's already, it's already been done. So maybe there's reasons when it's a double doubt. And therefore the Gomorrah continues and it shows what the emphasis is. So again, we said Rabban Gamliel went after Bori in the previous Mishnah's where it's here to Shema, so we don't listen to her. And Rabbi Yeshua says, no, there it's one doubt. It's a strong doubt. And therefore we don't believe her. Whereas here it's a double doubt. Or a second, there's a secondary doubt. There, there's a following, there's, a, there's an offshoot of the of a sophic, and therefore it's more lenient. So therefore, now the Gomorrah points out, so we see Rabban Gamil treats a bori, a certain claim, so strong, that even where there's only one, so, even where there's one sophic, there's a strong doubt, we say she's kosher. When she makes a certain claim, we believe her even in, when there's a strong doubt. It says, and he treats a Shema, a maybe claim, as so weak, even where you have this extended doubt, I a very weak doubt, Nami he even says she's possible. I, the Shema, can't override the weak doubt. So that's Ramagami. And from Rabbi Yeshua, he looks more from the side of the Sveik. He says, where there's a strong doubt, he gives it such strength, the strong doubt, that feel a boring Nami Apostle, that even when she tells us she's certain who she married, we don't believe her again, because there's a strong doubt. The Kilay Sveik's Faker, and he treats this extended doubt as so weak, that even when it's only contradicted by a perhaps claim, we don't say she's kosher. Uh, sorry, we say she's kosher. So very interesting um, how the Gomorrah is coming out, according to Rava, in the end of this discussion. Yerap and Gamliel, as we've learned, Hamishas does say she's valid. Oh, there's a strong doubt. Do we believe her or not? Still, when she makes a certain claim, we believe her. Unlike the case of a woman who says, who's married to this, Chalal, this Almonis Issa, this woman who was married to a Sophic Halal, Ramakanil says, we do not allow her to marry because she's only speaking from the point of view of a doubt. Her starting point is, well, I'm not sure, but perhaps. So therefore, that's such a weak claim. Ramakanil says, I can't even override the weak Sophic of uh, Almonis Issa. Rav, um, Rav Ashi, what was it? Um, yeah, Rabbi Yeshua says 
No. In the previous case, it's such a strong sulfate. In all the Mishnahs, again, did the woman become pregnant from a kosher or not? It's a strong sulfate. And therefore, her claim is not good enough. She'd have to bring more, something, strong, strong proof. A claim is not good enough, even though she's certain. She says, I know who I'd deal with, and I know you're kosher. We don't believe her because there's a strong doubt. Whereas when there's a weak doubt, he says, okay, you can basically ignore the doubt. So that's, uh, that's how we resolve, um, come out at the end of this. Now, as I mentioned, Rashi learned the case of uh, Amonis Issa. What did he say? So it's a Sofeq Halal. How's it a Sofeq Halal? Because his mother, in her first marriage, it was a Sofeq whether she was divorced or not. Now, as we said, the difficulty with that is then when the Gomorrah calls it a fake Sveika, it's not a real fake Sveika because it all stems from the same question as was her mother divorced or was her, was her mother-in-law divorced or widowed? And depending on whether her mother was divorced or widowed would also depend whether she was married to a Halal or a Kohen. So that's, that's, that's a difficulty in Rashi. Therefore, Rashi gives another chat from Rabbi Yosef Tuva Ilaim, not going to go into his chat, but I'll just mention Tosos. Tosos says very interestingly, you know, why is it a double doubt? Because, um, why is it a double doubt? Oh, why is it a real fake spaker? Uh, what's the case of Almanis Issa? Is that it's where we know there's a Sofek Halal mixed into the family. Uh, there's, for whatever reason, they know that a few or one or a few Sofek Halalim are mixed into that family. And this woman marries someone, and we're not sure whether he's one of the Sofek Halals or not. So what's the double doubt? The first doubt is even... Well, the first doubt is, is the Halal... A, he's a Sofek Halal. So is he a Halal or is he a valid Kohen? He's a Sofek Halal, we don't know. And the second doubt is, even if he's a definite Halal... Maybe she married one of the men in the family who were valid. Okay, and maybe to say it the other way around is easier. Even who did she, she might have married this Sofe Halal, or she might have married a kosher person. And even if you want to say she married the Sofe Halal, well, it's a Sofe Halal, maybe it's a Halal or maybe not. So that's a double doubt. And that's why Tosos learned that as the case. And therefore, when the Gomorrah says it's a fake Sveika, it's very weak, that makes a lot of sense. Why is it a As we've explained. It's a real classical fake Sveika. Now, the Rashba asks an interesting question. This is really what we would call going more into Ion, more into depth, but I think it's just worthwhile hearing it because, as I've mentioned quite a few times, these discussions of Chazoka are very, and fake Sveika and, and how to deal with Sveika and Rob's are very broad. So, just to give an inkling into one of the aspects that these get are broad, and uh, the laws of fake Sveika, if you look in your Adaya, where you look at where it's discussed, it's very, very complicated. The shach has a write-up for pages on it. And, how to, and like they almost come out basically don't make up a fake spaker because it's just too complicated to determine whether it's a real fake spaker or not. Um, but what is a, um, what's the, what's, one of the things is, here we have two different types of sofek. The one sofek is in the goof, in the person himself. Is he a halal or not? And the other type of sofek is in... The action. Who did she marry? Did she marry a halal or did she marry a kosher? So that's what, I don't remember the exact term, but it's a sofek baguf and a sofek, I don't know if it's bamase or an external sofek. Now, can those really join together to create a fake sveika? Many hold they can't. Why? Because the sofek baguf has to be dealt with. As soon as you have the sofek baguf, you resolve it. You either resolve it that you have to go strict or you go lenient. In this case, it's a sofek tori, so we would have to go strict and resolve it that he's a halal. As soon as you have the sofek, this piece of meat, is it kosher or not kosher? I have a sofek. I have to resolve it and say that it's not kosher. And now that the question is, which piece of meat did I eat? It's only one sofek. Because you have to resolve the Sofek Bukuf. As soon as you have that piece of meat in front of you, you have to resolve its status. And now you're introducing a second later date Sofek. Well, we already resolved the first Sofek. So maybe you shouldn't say Sveik Sveika. I just wanted to show that, you see here, we're analyzing what is this a Sveik Sveika because we have two different Sofeks, almost one that comes after the other. And maybe it should have, once you've resolved the first Sofek, you can't bind it with the second Sofek. Others hold, no, you can't join them together. But that's just a...
um, uh, interesting point of view. Let's go on in the Gemara. It says, Now this is going to be a, a little bit of a tricky sugya because we're going to have a few opinions in this Almanus Issa and when she can marry Kohanim. And they seem to be very similar, that, or and it's not clear what they're saying. So, Torah Abonah, Ezra Abonah, Isa, what is this word of Isa I that we allow her to marry Kohanim? It says, Anyone who is not married to someone who's a Sofeg Mamzer, Sofeg Nesin, or Sofeg Avdemelochim. What's I, in other words, a Sofeg Chalal would be an Almanus Isa that we would allow to marry a Kohen. This is on the surface. But a Sofeg Mamzer, Nesin, or Avdei Melochim would not be allowed. What's the Avdei Melochim? So those were, we actually saw in Yavamus, it could be two opinions, but the one is that um, the slaves of Shlomo were very wealthy and very prestigious. So lots of Jewish girls would marry them because they were, they were almost part of the nobility. Now remember, a girl marrying a slave becomes uh, the, the child's apostle, especially if you learn like the opinion that uh, a union with a slave is, is a Mamzer. But that's, so those are the Avdei Melochim. So anyone married to one of those out of a Sofek would not be an Amonis Issa, but Amonis Chala would be Amonis Issa. Omer Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir says, Shomati kol she'ein bo echon mikol elu meisin lekuhuna. Anyone who does not have one of the above listed doubts can marry kuhuna. I also saying, but a Sofek Chalal can marry into kuhuna. So again, it seems to be the same as the Tanakhama. Rebbe Shimon Elozor, Omer Mishum Rebbe Meir. So that was Rebbe Meir's opinion. The, so we've had the Tanakhama, We've had re- the first opinion in Rebbe Meir, and now we're going to have a second opinion of what Rebbe Meir holds. So they're two different opinions, just what's a little bit tricky is they both then what Rebbe Meir holds. So the second opinion, Rebbe Shimon ben Elazar, Oymim Mishum Rebbe Meir, Rebbe So these two opinions said in the name of Rebbe Meir, what did he hold? Ezo Amonas Issa, Kol Shenit What is a Amonas Issa? Anyone who was mixed in, I married a Sofek Halal. Then he carries on. He says, "Mekirin Yisrael Mamzerim, because Yisrael recognized Mamzerim Shebenaim who are amongst them. Ve'ein mekirin Chalolim Shebenaim, and they do not know who are the Chalolim, but between them. Now this line seems to contradict the first line. The first line seems to say, what's a Amonas Isai? Which woman can marry a Kohen if it's a Sofei Chalal? The second line seems to say, no, Bnei Yisrael don't know who the Chalolim are, therefore we should poisel them." We should poisel a sofei chala. So that's uh, so the price is very cryptic. So um, we're now going to analyze it. So we start off with the first line. It says is a kosher ein mishum kosher. We said what's the almonas isa? I who can marry a kohen? Anyone who does not have one of the following sulim. There is sofei mamzer, sofei nesin, or sofei kingslay. However, if she's a sofei chalal. She could, ma- if she married a Sofek Halal and then she's widowed from him, she could marry a Kohen. says, my shna. Why is there a difference? Why is a Sofek Halal different to a Sofek Mamzer? That if this woman married a Sofek Halal, she can go and marry a Kohen, but if she married a Sofek Mamzer, she can't marry a Kohen. Why should there be a difference? Says, oh, so that's what the Gomorrah suggests. says, Hanach Doraisa. Maybe these are also in Doraisa. But Halal Nami Doraisa. But Halal is also Doraisa. Yes, it is. If a coin marries a Grusha, the child's a Halal. He's not a coin anymore. And therefore, anyone married to that Halal is not allowed to go marry a Kohen. So, so it is Dor- that's Doraisa. So they all Doraisa. says, for two and a second difficulty with the price, and I'll move on to the next stage. When Rebbe Meir comes along and says, anyone who didn't marry one of the following Sveikos, the above the Sveik, the Sofek Mamzer, Nesin, or Avdei Melochim, they can't marry into Kuhuna, implying that a, a Halal can. That's the exact same as the opinion we just said, that a Sofak Halal can marry a Kohen. A woman married to a Sofak Halal can marry a Kohen. The two, now a further issue, Rabbi Shimon Ben Elosa, Oymi Shum Rabbi Mav, Chanoi Rabbi Shimon Nasia, Oymi Kidvarov. So this is the third opinion we saw. Again, as I said, it's a second opinion what Rabbi Meir holds, but it's a third opinion. It says, Anyone who married a Sofek Halal, Israel recognize who are Mamzerim amongst them, but they don't recognize who are the Halalim amongst them. So, the Reisha implied that a Halal is kosher. I, we said, who's an Amonis Isa? Anyone who married a Sofek Halal. So, implying that, and we know that we've been saying that Amonis Isa can marry into Kahuna, at least that's what Rabbi Yeshua said. 
Israel can marry a halal. Israel cannot, yeah. So that will have a ramification in one of the opinions, but that's uh, but on the surface it shouldn't make a difference to the woman who married one of them. Why should she should she or should not be allowed to marry a kohen? So, so again, so the in the second opinion, the first the ratio of what they said seemed to imply that a sophic a woman married to a sophic halal can marry a kohen, and then we come along and say, but Bnei Israel don't recognize the halalim amongst them. I we should go strict and not allow her to marry a kohen. So in in that opinion, there seems to be a contradiction. So Omer Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan answered to explain this brisa. It's basically one scenario, and they each arguing how we would deal with that scenario. He says, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, they're all arguing in a case where when he's accused of being a mamzer, he cries out. He makes a scene, he protests. Someone says, are you mamzer? He goes, what are you? I'm definitely not. My lineage is pure. And he gets all upset. Uh, on the other hand, when someone comes along and says, yeah, you're halal, he's silent. He leaves it. He like, just walks away from the machlet. He doesn't address the issue. So that's the scenario. That's the person we're speaking about. Um, and part of the issue is going to be, how do we treat his silence? Do we say, silence is agreement? I'm not sure why it doesn't... Yeah, that's the classical phrase we often find is is silence like agreement. If I, accuse, I say, you owe me a thousand rand and you don't respond, you're like, look at the... It's quite a cold day today. You don't respond. Is that silence to my response? Agreement. That seems to be the question at hand. But basically, so the case they are all arguing about is the specific case about a man who when called a mamzer, as I said, he when his lineage is attacked, it's not specifically where he's called the manza, but where his lineage is attacked, he stands up and he reacts strongly and he says, not a chance, but when called the halal, he was silent. So how do we interpret his silence? So Tanakamasov are called posel de korulei Shosik posel. Anytime someone who is called a posel and he's silent, his silence, um, what's the word, indicts him. His silence makes him posel. Again, Rashi always learns throughout the sutya that it's obviously in a case where we know he's the sort of person who reacts to accusations. Um, so his silence, called the Korile Vashosik, is possible. Bahaki Kamar Tanakama. So this is how you understand the Tanakama. Um, yeah, well, I'll just explain outside says. And therefore, what did the Tanakama say? And where there is not in him the above list of Mamzer Nasin or Amne Melochim. I, where. He's saying that he was not silenced in response to an accusation like that. I, in the past, someone had accused him of being a mamzer in a sin or abde melochim, and he reacted. And then, when there's a sofek halal, when he's accused of being a married or a descendant or married to a sofek halal, she was, he was accused of being a sofek halal, then she's... Um, um, yes, he says, Satanakam... This is what the Tanaka says. What's that Almonis Isa? It's when he did not, he was not silenced when accused of being a Mamzer and Nasin or a Abde Melochim. Nor when he was silent from being a Halal. There were never accusations that he was silent to. Um, that is where Rabbi Yeshua says the Almonis Isa is. Um, is kosher to kohuna. It is then that the sofek, um, yeah. So, so I, when he's not silent to any of those, I, he argues against all of those. Then we would allow her, this woman who was married to this guy who was never ever silent even about being a halal. He is possible. I, another way of expressing it is we go back to Rashi that I explained in detail on the last page. It's not a, why are we suspecting him of being a halal in this new definition? Because he was silent. We know he's someone who doesn't handle accusations against his lineage well, and he's silent. That's what's creating the sophic. There, 
he would be treated as a halal and his wife would not be allowed to. But where we know the sofeq from an external source, I, we know the case. Everyone knows about the case. The, we know the, the mother, Rochel, was thrown the get and it landed a sofeq closer to him, closer to her. So she's a sofeq, almona sofeq grusha, and she married her husband, his father, and now he's the sofeq halal. I, that's not from his silence. We know that he's a sofeq halal from the case. It's not from his silence. That's where Rabbi Yeshua says we believe him. But if, again, the Tanakhama is saying, but if his silence is because when accused of being a halal, he was silent, we would not allow it. His silence is admission to the psalm. Okay, then we move on to the next one. The Ka'amalei Rabbi Meir, and now the second opinion responds to him. He says, Hanafuda Ka'aposulei kahal. No, these he's expected to be, to respond to because they would poisel him for marrying any Jew. If he's the son of a Mamzer on a sin, Abde Melochim a little bit tricky unless you, you would have to go in the opinions that this child of a slave is also a Mamzer, um, I think. Um, then that's where he should shout against it because if his if he's silent, he's kind of admitting that he can't marry anyone. This is Shtuk Halal Kosher. But a Shtuk Halal, if someone's accused of being a Halal and he's silent, he's still kosher. Why? But then why was he silent? Why didn't he respond? Because he doesn't care. Why doesn't he care? Because he can marry anyone. This is what you're touching on, Gavin. So that's what Rabbi Maz is making that distinction. No, when he's accused of being a Manzer, you expect him to respond because that's basically cutting off every regular Jew for him to marry. So he should just make a noise, and therefore his silence would be agreement, admission to that taint in his lineage. However, where he's accused of being a halal, he's like, okay, so so what? I won't marry uh, uh, my wife, or, you know, my wife won't be able to uh, if I divorce, if I die, my wife won't be able to marry a coin. I can still go and marry anyone, except you know, or if it's a woman. Um, anyone except the kohen. So there's still a lot of people that can marry, so doesn't care, and that's why he's silent. So interesting enough, Rashi points out, in the first list, it's basically, there's no, the three, the three are just example. Anyone, someone's a, a, accused of having tainted lineage, and he responds, and then in another scenario, he's silent. We take that as a psul. And the three were just examples. And all, we mentioned halal, Amonis uh, Issa, the Sofek Halal, differently. No, that's highlighting that where the Sofek arose from the case, what happened, we know he's a Sofek Halal, that's where Rabbi Yeshua says he's valid. But where the Sofek's arising from, he's not responding to an accusation, well, then we treat him as a Halal. Rabbi Meir, the first version, the second opinion, I, this, the first version of Rabbi Meir, is coming along and saying, no, um, it's specifically those three, because those would invalidate him from marrying anyone. But if it's another sort of psul that would only invalidate him from just part of B'nai Israel, then his silence is like, because I don't care. So let people think that about me. But not because he's admitting to being a halal. And now he says, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says to the first opinion of Rabbi Meir, if you heard that Rabbi Meir says there's a case of silence that she is still allowed to go and marry Kohanim. Now I'm just going to fill in a phrase here. I, who is the Almonis Isha? Anyone Okay, this is what he said in the actual Brisa. He said, who is the Amonis Isha? Anyone who married a Sofeq Chalal, I, that is where we will say that she is kosher to Kohana. It's not where they called him a Chalal and a Sofeq, and he was silent. Because if they called him a Chalal and he was Sofeq, again, so that's not the case where he would be permitted to marry a Kohai, or his wife would be permitted to marry a Kohai after he dies. Because in that case, if he's accused of being a halal and he's silent, his wife would actually be forbidden to marry a coin. It's where they called him a mamzer and he was silent. Oh, but wait. If they called him a mamzer and he's silent, why isn't that admission? So this is where the second line comes in. It says, Why? He says, no, I don't have to respond because everyone knows who Mamzerim are or not. If I was really a Mamzer, they would know about it. So by the fact, it's just a harmless accusation. It says, But if he's a Mamzer and he responds, but a Chalal, he's called a Chalal and he's silent, then he's possible. Again, why is he possible when, the halal, when he's accused of being a Chalal? Because no one knows. 
So again, so if I come out and I shout and I start getting there and call someone a mamzer, he doesn't have to respond because people would know if he was a mamzer. But if there's an argument and someone shouts and calls him and accuses him of being a halal or a sopek halal, now we have, he should respond because no one really knows who's halalim or not. It's not such a well-known halach. It's not such a publicized thing. You are the, and you know, it's not so in the top of my, oh look, that's a kohen married to a grusha, the child of halal. People aren't so aware of that. And therefore, he has to stand up and say, no, you're wrong, I am not. Because otherwise people will entertain the doubt. So if he is silent, that's because he's hoping to just slip under the, <laughs> under the radar. So he's silent, his admission to that. Yeah, oh sorry. If he when called him when a mamzer and he complains against being a mamzer, and we know he's someone who generally responds, but he's a silent to the accusation of being a halal is possible. He says, you know what, let me just actually remain silent and at least then they won't stop me marrying the into the community. I uh uh, there's no his his shouting there and his silence is no proof that he's valid. Now he says Tani Chada. Now now we're just going to see. Yeah, let's go one step further. He says Tani Chada. Rabbi Yosi Oimer Shtuk Mamzer Kosher Shtuk Chalal Posel. Rabbi Yosi says that if you have someone who was silent to the response of the Mamzer, he is kosher. But if he was silent to the response of the Chalal, he's posel. But Tanya Irich and another Bryce in the name of Rabbi Yossi taught, Shtuk Halal Kosher, Shtuk Mamzer, Posel. That if he's silent in response to being a Halal and he's silent in response to being a Mamzer, he's Posel. So which one is it, Rabbi Yossi? Is his silence treated as Kosher? Or is his silence treated as Posel? So he says, Loi Kasher. Ho Kamali It's no difficulty. The first one is the first version of Rabbi The second one is the first version of Rabbi Meir. Rebbe Meir, in the first version of Rebbe Meir, held that yeah. and Hall and the first price where he says they're all because co- remember Rebbe Meir basically came along and said that silence is always admission. He should, we know him as a guy who responds so he should always be responding. The only time the only time where his silence, I, where his sophic is found, is where his sophic is created by the case, I, the case of the mother throwing, but not created by the accusation. So he holds that. So that's the first way it's always possible. It says, and hold the first one where Rabbi Yossi said silence of a mamzer is kosher and silence of a chalal is possible. explanation of what Rabbi Meir holds. That was this last opinion we just saw that. Where he's always silent, then he's valid. It's only where he shouts about being mamzer and is silent about being a halal that he's uh, that we don't trust him and we accept the accusation against him because he should have been lenient. Now we'll stop here in the Gomorrah, just but uh, just to summarize quickly. So we had the Tanakama who holds. Um, Again, according to Rashi, the whole discussion is where we know in the past he's responded vehemently to the accusation of his lineage. So the Tanakama comes along and says, when he's then silent to a response, we take that as his admission. And therefore, if the only case is where he was accused of being a Almonis, well, she was accused of being married to this Halal, he was only ever silent, that's where we would accept his uh, his thing, but if he's all where he responds and says, not a chance, I'm not. And that's the Tanakama. Then the first version of Rebbe Meir was that basically any charge, any, any charge, accusation that the man is, that the ma- that a man is silent to is admission except by halal. But that we said because the halal, because of the case of the halal, not where he's silent to the case of halal. And then the third, the second version of Rebbe Meir, I, Rebbe Shim Ben Eloza's version of Rebbe Meir, is that if he's silent by halal, that's where he would be treated as a halal because we said his silence, his silence is just uh, to try to, to try uh, stay under the radar and let people. He's like I'll get. I don't mind if I'm accused of being a halal as long as I'm not accused of being a mamzer. That's kind of his line of thinking. And if we leave it there, um, just a few interesting points on this. The the the. Uh, 
on this is the run brings the ravid. He says that this is all in the days where if you accused someone of being something based and it turns out to be a false accusation, they are you defame someone based in would like punish you, they would lash you or give you things. Because then when someone accuses you of being a mamzer, accuses you of being the sin, or it's sent from the sin, accuses you of being a halal, what should your response be? I'm suing you in court for defamation or taking you to court so that based in deal with you. You can't go around in, uh, bandying these insults in the community when it's going to ruin people's uh, lineage, etc. So you should take them based in. It says nowadays that based in don't have that power, that based in don't respond. Well, then what's the difference? Whether you respond or not, that's just your level of uh, tolerance to insult. So that, that I thought was very interesting. Um, Yeah. The run actually has a slightly different version to Rashi. As I said, Rashi saw where he's been accused in the past and he made a huge noise. Um, the run actually wants to say, no, it's where there's, there is doubt. There's, there's, there is known to be some sulim in his family. It's just not, is it only the cousins or is it him as well? You know, that's where, that's the sort of case we're discussing. Because otherwise, if a man out of the blue just accuses someone of being a manzer or being a halal, why should he be given credibility? So it must be where there is already some Hints of doubt in that family. That's how the run wants to do it. Unlike Rashi, where it's anytime someone calls you a mamzer and you make a huge scene, and next week someone calls you a halal and you sign it, that would be admission. The run would be not necessarily hold like that. And then just one, you know, one point back on there's an interesting discussion in Sefer Achinuch. Taking revenge. Someone shouts at you and insults you. Don't we say it's a great Midas Chasidus, a very pious act to not respond? Right? When someone shouts at you, take the verbal abuse and don't think of it as them being angry with you. Think of it as Hashem sending you a message. And this is all Midus Chasidus. This is not Din. But um, isn't that a huge mala? All of a sudden in Al-Sugya we seem to be saying if someone does accuse you, you have to respond. Otherwise you're going to create trouble for your lineage. For who you can marry, who your children can marry, who your wife can marry after death. You know. So, uh, so, so that uh, maybe we're saying that firstly, I think important to be aware is that Midus Chasidus, that's pious. If someone insults you, someone punches you, you don't have to just stand there and let them dish it out. Revenge would be along the line, someone punches you, so you then go home and scheme and come back another day to get them back. But here in reaction, in defense, you can react. So someone calls you a name, accuses your lineage, it would only be a pious thing to bear the insult. But Minadin, you can shout back. And there might even be scenarios. Now we have to just be in aware, keep in mind when you next face, hopefully never, but when you face with that discussion or if you see someone face with that scenario, there might actually be scenarios where you have to at least make some response. Maybe the trick is not to respond out of anger, but to respond calmly or, you know, to tell, let the person who's angry um, rant and rave and then go tell someone else, I'm making a machor, none of that is true, he's just cross with me. You know? I mean, they do. the poskim do discuss, what's the difference? is there a difference if two guys are in a fight and the one's screaming and shouting at the other, or if he's cool, calm, and collected and he's accusing him? Uh, that's a, that could also be a big difference. Is he just doing it to insult him, or is he doing it to really to lay a charge? So those are some interesting uh, ramifications and discussions that I think this uh, sugi would bear on. Yeah.